Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Well, it's good to be back with you today. It's been, what, three weeks since we've had an episode At out? At least three or maybe four. No, it's not been four. I believe it's been three. Okay. But I think this should be episode number 61. And we're going to tell you folks what we've been doing for this last three weeks. We didn't intend for it to be this long. We didn't intend to be away this long. But we had several things happen. And we're going to start at the end and back up and tell you how it went. <laughs> This last week, we've had the crud. Yes, not the COVID, not the pneumonia, but we sort of just, I think we've got one of those perfect storms of allergy meets sinus meets a lot of stress from work. You know, when you work a lot, you stress your body and you're just more vulnerable. And we've been tired. We've and been tired and we've had a lot going on and we've just, you know, the body just finally said, hey, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of clip you back a little bit. And it did. And I'm speaking a little bit lower than I usually do, but I told yes, uh, told Krista yesterday, I need to go record some promos because I'm way down in that range down there. So am I. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I've got my baritone voice going now. And yesterday morning, I couldn't even speak. I mean, I just had kind of a sore throat laryngitis thing. And right. A lot of folks are going through that, so we're just kind of here to say, hey, look, we are too, and we're feeling good. I don't believe we're sick. I just think that we're responding to some allergy rises that are going on. Even the weathermen talk about it on the TV news. They're talking about all the allergy pollen and the stuff that's going on, so I think now, it for, got us. For yesterday, I would put myself in the sick category yeah I, you were a you were just a whip little puppy I, yesterday. I was i i couldn't go i think I, you were more tired than anything else. well and my nose just kept running and my kept coughing and coughing and coughing it felt like somebody was putting a ice pick through my neck every oh, time gosh. i coughed but enough about us talking yep. about our ailments but that <laughs> that took out another week now the week before that tell them what we did now, the week before that, we had an opportunity to make a quick trip to North Carolina to visit our uh, daughter and son-in-law and sweet little two-year-old grandson. So we had a few days to spend with them, just kind of resting and relaxing and and uh, enjoying that grandkid. He's speaking words now, and he's learning to recognize letters and numbers, and it's just so fascinating to watch him learn so quickly. And he's such a sweet-hearted little fellow. We just eat him up. And I took off a couple of days, and we added that with the Memorial Day weekend. Mm -hmm. So we had five days up there. And for OPSEC purposes, we didn't tell you we were going to be out of town before we left. Right, right. And if, if I've got some North Carolina friends that might be listening, please understand. We try to just make these trips kind of all about family right now, and we'll get to where we're visiting our friends in North Carolina as well. But we, we, we really, really, really cherish every moment we get to spend because we're 500 miles apart and we just have to really maximize our time with our little wee And when you get just a few days every couple of months. And two of those days are travel days. Two of those days so didn't are travel. Really, yeah, so it's basically two and a half days So we got to spend. Anyway, uh, so we've had the crud this last week. The week before we went to see um, 
little fella in North Carolina. And talking about little fellas, I think we can release this right now. Uh, we have our seventh grandchild on the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he will be born in August. This is my oldest biological daughter. She may get me for this, but she's 42 years old. She tried for over 20 years to carry a pregnancy and birth a baby and was not able to, gave up, and now she's due in August. Well, she adopted in, well, she in between. Did. Yes, she, she, she did adopt. Adopted. But she gave up on trying to right. to she, bear a child, she and she actually breaks. has two adopted children, mm-hmm. lovely as they can be, love them dearly. And they're siblings. And they, mm-hmm. well, they're half siblings. Mm-hmm. They're about they're, 11 years apart. And so now she's got a little wee one coming in August. So we're so excited about grandchild number seven. And then you want to tell them what we found out? Well, since it's all official now and that the family has put everything on Facebook, we have a granddaughter, and she and her husband had their gender revealed today, and so they've got a child coming in December, which means that Mark and I will become great-grandparents, and your mother will be a great-great-grandmother. So we are so excited that our quiver is filling and that God is blessing our family and that everybody's feeling good and doing well. And it's just such welcome news after the the year we've had last year. I think it, we really needed something to kind of jump, jump start us up as a family and get us all excited about new life coming into the family. And we are excited about this and Very. hope you rejoice with us. And then the week before that, We've been busy bees, I'll tell you. Uh, I got to have be a first-time participant. Mark has been a multiple-time participant in a horse endurance ride. That Not is Not on the horse. That is, yeah, we didn't ride, but I'll tell you what we did. But this is an annual event, and horse enthusiasts from not only states around, but in some cases other countries, will actually meet up and register for this ride where some of them will take a 10-mile trail, some take a 25-mile trail, others will take a 50-mile trail, and some of them will take them twice to even rack up 100 100 miles. So what did we do there? I'll tell you what we did there. We participated with the St. Clair County, Alabama, Aries uh, Ham Radio Club. Plus a lot of other ham radio operators that are not a part of... St. Clair Aries. We're just like a large group of friends that came from all over, and we were invited to come and participate to help monitor some of the check stations, the operation stations, and here's what works. The riders are assigned a specific number, and when they come along the trail, they're to pass all the different checkpoints that have been set up, and they tell the ham radio operator their number. The ham radio operator logs the time that they saw the rider, the number of the rider, and then they send this information over by radio to net control. And what net control does is net control gathers all of the time codes and the numbers of these riders to account for them. And I'll tell you, we had a little bit of excitement on the second day. During the afternoon, I was running net control, and it was so much fun. I had never done that before, and and I had so much help, and I'm so thankful to the ones that literally held my hand, mostly Mark, but some of the others as well, to help me do this. We actually found that we were losing 
we lost track of a couple of riders. Uh, we hadn't gone anywhere, but a couple of riders were not accounted for. They took the wrong trail. They took a wrong trail. That, well, they took a trail that came back to the horse camp. So it kind of shows you the value of having ham radio because while we were there, we noticed, number one, our cell phones did not work where they worked in very limited spots because we were in a national forest. So we were literally on the backside of nowhere. So no internet, no cell phone, of course, no landlines. So what is the form of communication that's going to work when nothing else works? Ham radio. Ham radio. Now, in addition to that, now there are 15 check stations throughout the woods throughout this trail. And they're spaced, some of them are spaced close together, and some of them are many, a mile or so apart. They're they're strategically placed. If a horse can take one of two trails, there is a checkpoint there. Right. That's why you had some very close, because Mm -hmm. they had a T-intersection here. If they go left, they can hit another T-intersection down here and go left or right, and they can go down a to the right and go down a little ways and they hit another fork and so every place that the horse can take a different trail there's a checkpoint but it also helps provide communications for injuries on the trail yes there was an incident where there was a particular horse that was appearing to have uh, symptoms of dehydration mm-hmm. and there are veterinarians that are also stationed throughout the trails there were three veterinarians on this ride right so they actually pulled the horse brought it in on a trailer and they actually have a station there right next to net control was a veterinarian station complete with ivs blood pressure monitors every kind of medical uh, equipment that people would use they have them for the vets have them for the horses and so they brought this horse in and you could tell the horse was hanging its head low and it just didn't feel real peppy so they put an iv in and in short order you know they kind of watered him down and brushed him good and spoke nicely to them and the horse perked up and the ears picked right back up and uh truth be known about an hour later the veterinarians cleared it so the rider could take it back out on the trail, and it did just fine. Right. So they, they're very, very careful. Some of these horses cost $100,000 or more. Or more. They're, they're the, the heart and soul of these enthusiasts who love their horses, and there was some wonderful presentations. It's kind of a race without going fast. They do have a first, second, third place horse riding finish, and they've got several sponsors who provide trophies and gifts and, and um free uh, products and things for them. So uh, it's really a well-done event. It's called the Yellowhammer uh, America Endurance Horse Ride, and it's an annual event, usually in May, mm-hmm. usually about the middle of May. And so it was... This particular a- one is in May. Oh, now, this there, particular one. There's there, several there's others. There's a series of these rides mm-hmm. around uh, through this Endurance Horse Coalition, I think it is. And it was kind of fun. For, I think for the first time in their history, they had a six-year-old rider. Yes. Uh, he was a Logan. cute little fella. He, the, he and his mom, you know, trailed in last because she gave him a lot of uh, leverage as far as taking as much time as he needed. But he handled his horse like a champ. He went through the whole entire ride both days. And he was just an awesome kid. And he just thoroughly mixed right in with all of those experienced seasoned horse riders. And you could tell he was just eating it up, all the different in things he was learning and the information and the care of the horses and the feeding. And I will say many thanks to the Yellowhammer group because they provided meals for us, the radio right. operators. 
administrators, and we're so thankful. They provided breakfast and lunch for us, and we were just thrilled and, and, and delighted that they would go to the trouble to do that. So we're very thankful and had such a good time. I look forward to next year, now that I kind of know what net control is, uh, I, I look forward to serving as much as they will let me. There's so many other very qualified, much more qualified than me, folks who can run net control. And it's just a wonderful time for ham radio operators to get together and catch up with each other over the years. And we spent some time out on one of the checkpoints as well. And you're out in the middle of nowhere. Literally. Literally in the middle of a national forest. We saw deer. We saw different types of wildlife uh, coming through and just peaceful and just we met new friends Mm -hmm. and we shared and fellowship one with the other. And then in the evenings, uh, two of the evenings, most of this group got together and had a meal together. Mm -hmm. And so tell them about our wonderful accommodations that we had. Well, I will say that we absolutely enjoyed every minute of it. We did tent camping, and this was my first foray into the whole world of outdoor tent camping. And kudos to the Talladega National Forest because the camping facilities are uh, paved pads with landscape pebbles all around, grassy area. They do have a fresh water spigot, and beside that, they've got an electrical hookup. So we were able to access being able to charge up our um, devices, our radios, and things. Our cell phones weren't working, but we were able to charge radios, and we were able to cook outside. We had a little camping stove and a little Coleman percolator. I'm telling you, that's the best coffee I've ever had in my life. In fact, and she's talking about a little camp stove percolator Mm -hmm. that we carried. I've owned one for years, used to use one down in the woods when Jamie and I were hunting, when we would spend the night in the camper down there. And we took one, and it just made fabulous coffee. And Krista was so impressed with it that the next thing I know, Amazon is bringing a new percolator, (laughs) an electric percolator to our house. Yeah. And so now I think we have five coffee pots here. Well, uh, it's a quest. You know, people go on a quest to You're after the perfect cup of coffee. You know, coffee's got to be good. Oh, absolutely. It's got to be. Because when it's not, you don't want to drink it. You know, no. I don't. Anyway. We have added a way for our listeners who would like to support the podcast to do so. We love our coffee. So you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash practicalprep and buy us a cup of coffee. That's buymeacoffee.com slash practicalprep. Back to the camping now, the campgrounds there, it's uh, Coleman Lake, and it is in the Talladega National Forest. If you bring in a camper, there were fifth wheels there. There were uh, converted buses that came in. It's great for hooking up to that, but you can tent camp there on the campsites. And we wanted to be close to our friends, and quite honestly, Krista wanted me to have my CPAP or I was going to be sleeping down in the woods by myself. That is the truth. But I had another plan for that as well. I can actually power that through an inverter another way, and so I don't have to have a power hookup. See, that's practical prepping That's practical prepping, Mm -hmm. but you don't have to pay 
to camp in the forest. Yes, you can actually come through some of the, there's some paved road, then it drops off to like a dirt trail, but there are any number of areas where you can set up your own Right, uh, and, and this is on the Penhody Trail. Mm-hmm. Some of our listeners will be familiar with the Penhody, and you can hike that trail and you can camp along the way. For free. So, for free. Mm-hmm. And so, there is primitive camping anywhere you want. There's a few locations that says, you know, no camping, but that, like in the horse camp and stuff like that. Right. But There's plenty of other spots. Plenty of other spots. And next year, we may or may not go on up into the woods and just camp out in the trees. It, you know, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> But we're going to share some things that that we learned with that. Now, one thing we've done is that we have ordered a 12-person tent. We had borrowed uh, some friends of ours, loaned us one, because Krista said, quite honestly, she didn't know how well she was going to take that sleeping in a tent in the woods. And since she loved it, we've gotten home, we've returned their tent, and we've ordered a new tent just for us. And we've put plans together for upcoming trips and one trip that we're going to make we're going to camp at field day and that's just an overnight thing and field day is a ham radio emergency communications uh they say it's not a contest but they keep points so (laughs) what we do is we go set up operate on emergency power make contacts all across the country and this is a 24-hour emergency communications test and so we'll be a part of that uh, somewhere and who knows we may just sleep at home that night you know go for the day (laughs) well one thing we we chose a 12-person tent quite intentionally Obviously, for the two of us, a 12-person tent is very large. But, it's just about right. With but the all. thing, what we learned is we would like to be able to put our camping chairs inside so that we can sit inside the tent at night. We like to have our cooler in there. Obviously, we like to have our, our clothing and our hygiene products and stuff. And by the way, the camp had a beautiful bathhouse and a shower house. Yes, we did have to drive. If we'd been real froggy, we could have made the walk. But I think at our age, when we uh, hear Nature Call, we need to get on down. And it was, it was uphill both it ways. Was, so Yeah, exactly. So, and um, it, we were only a half a mile from it. But we're like looking that. down the road at camping with grandchildren, mm-hmm. possibly the sons and, sons-in-law, daughters, uh, other friends. We want to be able to have enough room so that if that's the case... Uh, we have a tent camp that actually can separate into different rooms. You right. can actually have interior doors, which is nice. And Mark and I both are very tall. We Both of us are in excess of six feet tall. And we like to be able to stand up straight when we are standing in a tent. We don't want to have to hunch over and uh, crawl into a tent, army crawl into one and army crawl out. We don't want to do that. So we so need anyway, the bigger tent. Here, here's, here's kind of where we're going with this thing. We're going to put together a series of totes, and in these totes, and we've talked about long range, we want about a five-foot by eight-foot enclosed trailer. Yes. And we'll just put all of our camping stuff, all of our emergency radio gear will go in there, everything will be in it, we'll hook up to it, and we go. But we were discussing some of the things that we want to do. We're going to do a cook box. It's just going to be the cooking box. 
Right. And dedicated to that is going to be the cookware, the utensils, the pots, the pans, the coffee pots, the, the kinds stove. of things you're going to use. That, that way you're not having to run around and pull them from your own kitchen. Right. You've got your camping cook box. And it, it's going to have the stove. It's going to have a couple of cans of propane. But propane. Yeah. Or is it, is it propane or butane? That's propane. Propane. Okay. And it runs off the exact same thing that our heater runs off of. Oh, and I'm glad you mentioned the heater because here's what we didn't realize. We, at the last minute, I think it was Mark that said, you know, I think I'm going to take this heater. It's not indoor rated, but he heated up the tent while we were outside and then went inside, cut it off, and kind of let it ventilate a little bit. Little did we know that the temperature at night dropped down to about 42. Now, I'm going to tell you. That's kind of chilly, uh, especially when you're not using an indoor-rated heater, because we didn't think we'd need one. The weekend was beautiful weather, but it didn't get like above yeah, it, 65 it, in the it day. It was in the high 60s. High 60s, but And very night. comfortable, and I didn't take a jacket. I just oh, forgot to take right, a jacket. That's right. So we're, we're going to have our clothing box, mm-hmm. and so we're going to have this series of boxes. One's going to have our air mattress and, and things like that, the the sleeping box, and then we're going to have our cooking box, and then we're going to have, you know, we're just going to divide the camping into sections. It, that's not the right word I'm looking for. Well, into the elements that you'd need to be able to just pack it and go. Right. The only thing then you'd have to add would be fresh food. Uh, cooler, maybe with some ice, you know, that, and that wouldn't take a long time to pull together depending on the length of your trip. Right. And the goal is to put all of this in a small trailer, hook up to the trailer and go. This would be somewhat of a bug out trailer. Could be. And so that's basically what we did was bugged out for three days mm-hmm. and learned a lot. And had a good time. We did. It was a wonderful experience. Mark made it as pleasant as he possibly could for me because he knew that, you know. <laughs> she doesn't do spiders and bugs. Well, and- you know, I'm I'm not terribly fussy about stuff like that, but I don't want bugs on me. In fact, I was astonished that we didn't have a single mosquito bite the whole time. But that being said, we also need to remember to take things like um organic, natural insect repellent. You know, we want to be able to repel the bugs. I'm not necessarily interested in trying to kill them all. I just want them to go live somewhere else and not on me. So I'm trying to be fair and respectful to the bugs. You know, but we're in these, their backyard. Some of these Alabama mosquitoes, you know, you can hit them with a baseball bat and it doesn't hurt them real bad. Well, the joke is that, you know, the mosquito is the Alabama state bird. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, we're glad to be back with you, and we should have episodes every Monday, Wednesday, Friday for a while, and um, unless one of those babies uh, drops in early. there. <laughs> Actually, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and pre-record a couple that we can, when they say the baby's coming and we're leaving, we can pop in a pre-recorded episode, and um, uh, hopefully we don't get behind again. It's been good to be back with you. It's good to be back behind the microphones. We've missed you. We really have. We really have And thank you. you. Some of you have reached out with the nicest, sweetest, most earnest messages. It really touched our heart. And thank you for reaching out and telling us how much our podcast means to you. And we do appreciate that very, very much. Can't say it any better than that. We thank you for being here. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the podcast today, and please leave us a five-star review. That helps more people be able to hear this podcast. Share it with your friends and family. You can reach us on Facebook at Practical Prepping. 
Email at info at practicalprepping.info and our website is practicalprepping.info. And as always, remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.